Swinging a high fly to right. High drive. This is tagged. Going back. Going back. High fly. Hammer to the gap at left side. At the track. Way out of here. High and deep That was right. hit a ton. At the wall. Going back. At the track. This ball's getting small. This is going to go to the rock pile. This is White Sox Weekly. There's a high drive in a deep left field. Way back to right center. Forget it. That's hit deep to left. Hooking toward the line. Connor Maribel watching it. And that one is gone. Way back goes Maribel. And it is a grand slam. That thing is going, going, and gone. Boy, Mazzara just tied this baby up with a monster shot to right center field. The proverbial window has begun to open. Tim Anderson. The Chicago baseball conversation. Burned on it. On the flagship home of the Sox. Burned on it. It is gone. 720 WGN. Ah, what a day for White Sox Weekly. What a week for the Chicago White Sox. And yes, when we, today's the greatest day of the year. The best day of the year every year is the, is spring forward. There's no better moment in life than losing an hour of sleep. And all of a sudden, it is light out till 7 o'clock. You can play catch with your son or your daughter and wear your White Sox hat until 7 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, and it's still light out. And for those of us who like playing the late afternoon tennis, things just got a whole lot better because sometimes courts don't have lights and all that. Welcome in White Sox Weekly. Mark Harmon with you. 4.10 on a beautiful Sunday afternoon with you till 5 o'clock. Sox Weekly going to two hours come March the 21st. So mark it on your calendar, White Sox fans. Big show today. Rick Hahn was on with Andy Mazur and Darren Jackson in the middle of the ball game the other day. Huge news. The White Sox inking Yoan Moncada to a contract extension. Moncada got new agents this offseason. He moved over to Movement Management Group. They came to Moncada. I said, hey, what do you want to do with your life, Yoan? And he said, I love being with the Chicago White Sox. And by the way, I have some financial security, but I'm willing to take more of it. Now, if you recall, he was drafted by the Red Sox back in 2015, and he got $31.5 million, which sounds like some decent financial security to me. Thirty-one and a half million, three point one five million, three hundred and fifteen thousand, thirty-one thousand five hundred. They all sound good, but thirty-one and a half million. So he really didn't have to. Assuming he's taken care of his money, and I have no reason to believe he hasn't, he didn't necessarily need to get that contract extension. Now he wasn't working on a rookie deal like Aaron Bummer getting the five-year, $16 million deal. Here's a guy who's been back and forth to the minors. You don't know if you're going to make it in the big leagues. You're giving me $16 bucks. That's straight life-changing. I mean, Aaron Bummer was emotional about it. Moncada wasn't in that position. So to me, this is actually more impressive from a White Sox standpoint because he's here and he's got his money and he's going to be a free agent in 2023, which in baseball terms is not that far away. And he still wanted to get rid of a couple of free agent years to get more security. He gets a $4 million signing bonus, which is going to be paid out on November 15th, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. And he gets $1 million this year, $6 million in 2021, $13 million in 2022, $17 in 23, $24 million in 2024. And then the Sox get a $25 team option for 2025. So if he's great then you're actually paying less than market value. 
Uh, and if not, Moncada, the, the White Sox can buy him out for $5 million bucks. which, okay, I suck. I still get another $5 million. If you're Yohan Moncada, that's not terrible. So the White Sox, Rick Hahn, he just gets an A at this, right? Tim Anderson, $25 million, six-year contract that came in March of 2017. Aloy Jimenez got $43 million last March on a six-year deal. Luis Robert got six years and $50 million in January. I mentioned Aaron Bummer. Last month, he gets five years and $16 million, couple of club options there. And I think almost even more impressively, because you look at this window, right, and you've got all these guys signed, and that's sweet. The White Sox are going to be good for a long time. Well, one of the reasons that the White Sox are going to be good for a long time, hopefully, is because of the contracts they did back in the day. Chris Sale, five years, $32.5 million deal. Now, everybody wanted it to work out here with Chris Sale. But the team around him was not good enough, and so they flipped him. Who they flip him for? I'm sure you remember, but just to remind you, they flipped him for Yoan Moncada and Michael Kopech, who's making his spring debut on Tuesday. We'll talk to, about that in a little bit here. And Sox also got Luis Basabe, who might end up playing in the big leagues at some point in that deal, along with single-A pitcher Victor Diaz at the time. So look, they, they that contract allowed them to rebuild the team along with the Jose Quintana deal, five years, $26.5 million, which was a phenomenal deal, which is why the Cubs wanted to jump in and get Jose Quintana and that cost certainty. And the White Sox get, end up getting Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease in that trade. And Adam Eaton got the five-year $23.5 million deal. And the Sox miraculously got Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Dane Dunning Flipping that deal. So nobody wants this rebuild to go south, by the way. But we don't know. You don't know until the games are actually played and the seasons pile up if everyone is going to perform to the level that the White Sox hope they perform to. My point being, if a bunch of them don't and some of them do and the team needs to be restocked, in 2024 and 2025, well, you got guys on great contracts that you should be able to deal again. Now, that's not the plan, but that's a pretty good fallback thing for the White Sox, right? So, a lot of good going on. Yohan Moncada in the fold. We'll hear from Rick Hahn coming on back here. Join us for opening day at Guaranteed Rate Field. That's Thursday, March 26th. The White Sox take on the Kansas City Royals. It's a 110 first pitch. First 20,000 fans get a long sleeve t-shirt presented by BMO. Visit WhiteSox.com to purchase your tickets today. And you can now customize your game day menu. Wow, customizing my game day menu. That sounds good. In a private diamond suite, check out the food and beverage upgrades. Learn more about our 20-person suites. They start at just $112 per person. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. Coming up a little bit after 4.30, we're going to hear from the third overall draft pick, Andrew Vaughn, will be on the show. But Rick Hahn is coming up next with Andy and DJ. It's White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. They're Chicago, and they're real. Watch Dan Ponce, Lauren Jiggets, Larry Potash, Robin Baumgarten. Get real in the morning with the WGN-TV Morning News Team. Weekdays, 4 until 10. All right, let's go to Friday. Beautiful afternoon. Cubs and the White Sox on the radio. Andy Mazur filling in for Darren J- uh, filling in for Ed Farmer. 
Uh, and Darren Jackson joined in the booth by Rick Hahn. Let's pick up the conversation. White Sox general manager Rick Hahn joining us here today. His first pitch is upstairs for ball one. Uh, some good news today for the ball club as well. Yohan Moncada locked up for the next five years at least. At least the next five years, which is a, it's, it's a good feeling for us. You know, we feel like between Yohan, the gentleman batting right here, and Eloy, and the guy on deck, and Luis Robert, that we arguably have three of the most exciting young players in the American League under team control for at least the next six years, which uh, should put us in a good position for the better part of this decade. Uh, look, I'm just going to throw it out there. I told you I'm coming with the hard questions. <laughs> you did it because you want to win world championships. Well, and I like the, the, the fact is you put it the... Plural on that one, DJ, yes. which is exactly right. That's a beautiful thing right there is championships. It, we're not doing this just to jump up one. We know we know that White Sox fans have suffered over the last few years, and it, it, it's been uh, on purpose with the, with the end goal being putting us in a position to win multiple championships, not just to jump up and, and win one and having impactful players like Moncada and the other fellows under control for an extended period of time helps put us in a good position to do that. Since you mentioned Robert, what have your impressions of him been so far this spring? We've uh, had a lot of chance to, to watch him, and to me, the biggest thing is the, just the sound of the ball off his bat. It's a, it's a little bit different, isn't yeah. it? It, it? It sounds like a cannon fire from time to time on, on some, even some hard outs. Uh, he's obviously done a very nice job in the outfield, and, and i got to tell you, we are prepared for him to get a similar treatment to what we saw from El- to Eloy last year, in that guys are going to treat him, pitchers are going to treat him like a 10-year vet because his reputation precedes him. Uh, we think he's probably going to get abused on off-speed pitches out of the zone, and it's going to be incumbent on him to try to draw in his discipline and, and do damages on pitches he can handle and spit on the ones he can't. So far in camp, He's done exactly that already, which is, frankly, a little ahead of schedule in our, in our estimation. I think what you just pointed out, Rick, is uber important is he is going to be recognized already. He's got the contract. He's got the name, the pedigree from the minor leagues. He can't sneak up on anybody because of all the press com- coverage mm-hmm. of him and what he's done. So you're right. There could be a growing process for him. But I'd love to see him do just like Eloy did last year and finally say, okay, you know what, I've got this, and take charge of the league this year rather than have it go through a whole year of trying to figure it out. No, very true, very true. And he's got, look, he's got the skills, he's got the baseball acumen, and he, and he knows what's coming. He knows how they're going to try to abuse him. And, and, and look, he probably has never played a ball game in below 50-degree weather, so there's going to be a sort of a mental adjustment that's going to happen early in the season for him as well. But he certainly has the makeup to make that acclimation period short, so we're, we're going to find out together how long it takes. White Sox General Manager Rick Hahn joining us here. You know, it looks like Luis has got a, a real good support system in that clubhouse as well. I mean, I don't think it was a mistake or uh, a coincidence that Jose Abreu is on one side of him and Yoel Moncada is on the other, <laughs> and uh, Eloy is not too far away. So it's, it's nice to, for him, I'm sure, to have that support system of guys that, uh, that he knows and, and can relate with. But what I see about him is I can't believe he is making the adjustments to big league veterans like a John Lester. I saw him last spring do it. I see him do it in the early part of this spring. Like you said, they're going to figure out a way because they're more, more intelligent at major league level, most of these pitchers. But what do you think the key is for those veterans to tell Luis Robert going into this year, how to correct things quickly for him to pay attention. What do you think the key is for him to turn it around as quick as possible? I I think it's important for him to understand that this isn't all on him. We never wanted to set this thing up in any way 
that any singular guy, whether it was Eloy or Johan or, or Luis or Andrew Vaughn at some point or Nick Madrigal, that it was ever on one of these guys. This was a group coming together, growing together, joining Tim Anderson and Giolito at the big league level. And, and as a whole, they were all going to be responsible for carrying the water, not just one guy. So I think if we're able to remove some of that pressure that he's naturally going to put on himself to live up to the expectations, live up to the contract, live up to the fans' desire to see him be a stud early on, I think that's going to help make that acclimation period shorter. Good to see Lucas Giolito out there today. And I know that you know a lot of these guys really set their own bars pretty high last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, know, you wonder if there's internal pressure on these guys amongst themselves just to try to go out there and repeat or even get a little bit further than they did last year. And I'm talking about him and also Moncada and Anderson. You know, it seems like they've got a good perspective on things. I, I, I like the fact that obviously all three of those guys took a step forward last year. And all three of them kind of expect that to be the norm. Now, you can look at certain things about Moncada and TA's ball and play data and be like, hey, there's, you know, they're, they're potentially positioned for some regression, which they're just not accepting. They're, they're going to go about it the same way they've been going about it and look for ways to improve and get better and, 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 and again, sort of as a group move to that next level, to, to take that next step to put in a position to, to win championships. You know, Fortunately, we were just talking about that <laughs> analytics before you came in here. So you come in and follow up what we were talking about. But big issue is going to obviously be the conversation of defensive improvement. Mm-hmm. And I talked to Tim, saw him. Matter of fact, at SoxFest, and I just looked right at him, gave him a hug, and said, all right, what do you got going into this year? He goes, well, I've really been focusing on, I'm going to let everybody know, and I just started shaking my head because I knew which path he was going down. I already showed everybody he can make an adjustment and go from 230 to 335. That's, he's proven that. Mm-hmm. Now he's, gonna, he's got it on his mind to be a gold glove shortstop. Now he also shows me he's capable of doing that. And the reason I say that, because anybody that can lead the league in major league hitting because they set their mind to be a great hitter, there's no way he can't turn himself into a great shortstop. No, I think that's true. And, and look, we've seen he's got the tools of a gold glove player yes. over there. We've seen the miraculous play in the hole. We've seen the range, the arm strength. Uh, really where he gets himself in trouble from time to time is when he doesn't set himself on a routine play and the throw tends to get a little bit away from him. Those are things that are easily correctable. And he, he's a kid who you're exactly right. When he sets a goal for himself, work ethic is not the issue at right. all. It's just a matter of getting that repetition and that good practice down to put him in that position to reach that goal. Who uh, in this camp so far has uh, kind of stood out to you? I mean, I know that these guys that are getting some obvious playing time are are guys that you look at every day, but uh, who else has stood out for you? You know, we try to use the camp not to get too down on a veteran guy or too high on a young guy because, you know, it's a, it's a small sample and guys tend to turn out to be who they've been in the past. Right. But the early on, putting aside sort of all the guys we're counting on and the Mancadas and Eloys and Roberts and all that, I'd have to say Andrew Vaughn does not look like somebody who's been out of college for eight months. He looks perfectly comfortable, gives you a fantastic professional at bat day in and day out, and looks unfazed by, by the big league competition, which is great. Having some of our young relievers back, uh, Zach Birdie looked very good yesterday, if you guys caught the game, and, and uh, Cody Hoyer, Tyler Johnson. You know, we, Some of these young arms that we've been counting on to sort of fill in the potential back end of the bullpen for an extended period of time are taking nice steps forward and uh, our guys who we if we don't see them for whatever reason over the course of the summer this year are certainly going to be factors in 21 and beyond all right 
quickly while we have this last second with you. Michael Kopech on the season, expectations. You know what? He's healthy, which is a beautiful thing uh, to deal with really just trying to pace out his work over the course of the season. His stuff looks fantastic. He's in a mentally good spot. It's just a matter of given that he threw zero innings professionally last year, we have to be reasonable about what to expect from him. So we're going to take our time to build him up nice and slowly so that he can sprint through the finish line, hopefully in October. So still think the world of him. think it's going to be a real good season. It's just we're going to be cautious with how we bring him along. It's good to know that he's he's healthy and he's approaching things as though he's healthy. He's not really worrying about anything. He's got that, as you point out, that mental outlook, which is pretty good. You know, it, it, you hate to see anyone go through the physical trauma of Tommy John surgery, but there is a mental benefit to it, to being committed to that grind and, and having to build yourself back that way somewhat in isolation. And it's been good for Michael psychologically. He is he is much more mentally strong. He was a pretty mentally strong guy to begin with, but he really knows himself, knows his body, and, and is in a really good position to uh, make the most of this upcoming season. Nice to see too that you know you've got a lot of these guys locked up, and it, it seems as though a lot of these guys are are seem, this is a destination. They want to be yeah. here. They, they look around the room and say, "I don't want to miss this." No, there is a feel to that. And it really sort of started with Tim Anderson. Like, he was the first one of this group that we locked up early a couple of years ago. And he's been very vocal publicly and in that clubhouse about, you know, this is, we got something special going here. We want to be a part of it together and win together as long as possible. So people have bought into that. Players have bought into that. And uh, we've seen it outside the organization this year with guys like Grandal and, and Keiko wanting to be here as well. Like so many championships in the past, Rick, uh, championship teams, world championship teams that were in the midst of a great season along the season, um, they need to make some adjustments to their roster to improve, to know they needed a key piece right here and there. White Sox in that kind of position where they feel we're, we're, we've got talent within, but if we've got to still tweak something within this season because we know we see the gold coin at the end of the road, we, you make that move? You know, this was always about the long term. This was always about winning multiple championships. That said, if it comes around come July, that there's a a real opportunity here for us to truly win a championship. And we're not fooling ourselves and saying, hey, we got a chance to jump up and, and, you know, maybe make an early exit or something. But we feel guys are clicking in a way that's capable of winning a championship. We believe we're going to have the... prospect capital, for lack of a better description, and the economic wherewithal to go out and make a move and feed it. All right. Great conversation, Andy and DJ, with Rick Hunt. A lot to digest in there, so let me do that coming on back here, and we'll get into our conversation with uh, Andrew Vaughn as well. But just uh, a lot of points in there. Position to win multiple championships. Not just jump up and get it once, but multiple championships. Hey, White Sox fans, if I told you that this group would win one World Series, would you sign up for that right now? Would you sign up for one? 312-981-7200. Would you sign up for just one? Or would you rather roll the dice and see if, uh, indeed, multiple is possible? All right. Andrew Vaughn coming up. Going to chat with Andy Mazur as well. With you till 5 o'clock. It's White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly. Wins actually do matter this year. And I don't know if Ricky's job will be on the line or not. They love Ricky Renteria. What happens if Luis Robert starts the season super slow? What happens if Dylan Cease is not ready? He's not firing you know, to the level that he can until the middle of July and August. And what happens if the same thing for Kopech? Guys actually start to get a whole lot better at the end of the year. I mean, we got to see this play out. Now, back to White Sox Weekly. 
I think that was in response to somebody saying, eh, Ricky's the wrong guy. Ricky's job is on the line. Ricky's got to, the White Sox got to win X amount of games for Ricky to stay in that manager seat. Um, yeah, I don't think you can say that in a blanket form. It depends on how the season goes. And I, and I don't think there's any interest in the White Sox in moving on from Ricky Renteria. I know some Sox fans don't think they have the right guy in the manager seat. I don't know how you can really think that. There's no evidence to that at this point. You don't like that he bunts early in the game sometimes? I got no problem with it. You don't like the way he handles the bullpen? Tell me one manager that you've ever liked the way they handle the bullpen. Everybody sits on their couch or sits in their seat at guaranteed right field or whatever stadium and second guesses the manager on the bullpen. You know when the manager looks good with the bullpen? When they have a good bullpen. Hopefully the White Sox will have a great pulp in this year. By the way, you can choose a 10-game ticket package. Select the games that fit in your schedule and budget. Lower-level plans start at just $205. Find the plan that's right for you at WhiteSox.com or call or text SoxTicks to 312-674-1000. All right, a couple of things that I thought were noteworthy in the Rick Hahn interview. Number one... He's teeing up Luis Robert and saying that uh, he anticipates that they're going to try to abuse him on off-speed pitches and, quote, he's going to have to spit on them. For those of you who don't know that baseball terminology, that means just to watch the pitch go by, a.k.a. spit on it. I, I thought it was also interesting that he mentioned he's never played in weather that's 50 degrees or below. Never played under 50 degrees. March 26th, home opener? I mean, it could be 32. So that is an adjustment. It's freezing out there, right? You got it, it, That's not easy to do. So if guys start slow in the season, weather could be a factor in that. Uh, I thought Darren Jackson bringing up the gold glove challenge for Tim Anderson it was very interesting. DJ, if you listen to White Sox broadcasts, he underlines that all the time. He's underlined it on White Sox Weekly. You need to catch the baseball. You can't win if your shortstop is kicking it around. You can't be leading the league in errors like Tim did last year. He's got to take a step forward there. And I think he will, but that's a big thing for Anderson and the White Sox this year to have go the right way. Uh, let's move on to Andrew Vaughn, who was also mentioned in the interview there, that Rick Hahn said that he is super impressed that Andrew is only eight months out of college, doesn't look like that at all. Third overall pick, 2019. He's the 16th-ranked prospect in Baseball, according to MLB.com, he's hitting 350 on the spring OPS of 1,080, which is excellent. Seven hits, a homer, five RBIs. He's walked four times, only struck out three times. Andrew, I'm assuming that you're happy with how the spring has gone so far. Yeah, I mean, I've been super excited about the spring. I mean, I've been looking forward to it all off season, just getting back on the field, uh, getting back in the clubhouse with the guys, and especially getting the opportunity to be in big league camp. Uh, you know, it's my first year of spring and. It's been a pretty amazing experience, to say the least. So you played in the Olympics. You guys finished fourth. You hit 321. That's probably not exactly how you wanted the whole thing to go as far as the team aspect, but what did you learn being a part of it? Um, Shoot, I learned a lot, Um, especially from all our coaching staff. I mean, we had phenomenal coaches top to bottom. And the guys, I mean, it was a good group of guys. We just uh, didn't pull it out in the end, unfortunately, but... We're going to get back on the field here shortly and uh, see if we can't qualify ourselves for the Olympics. Yeah, would you say underachieved over, you know, where you finished probably where you deserved? How you kind of like looking back at it? Um, I think we uh, we just had some bad turns, and we uh, I believe we should have won the whole thing. We had a phenomenal team put together, and 
cards just didn't play in our favor. Could have done some things differently, but uh, we get another shot at it, and I think we're going to make the most of it. There you go. There you go. Andrew Vaughn with us here on 720 WGN. So I'm wondering, are you thinking about adding more versatility in where you can play in your game to get you to the big leagues faster? Like, if you start out in the minors, which is obviously going to happen, could you see yourself playing somewhere other than first? Like, hey, I could I could play a little outfield. I could maybe slide over to third. Or, or do you think you'll just play first base? Um, I mean, I believe I'll be sticking mostly to first base, but I've been taking ground balls all over the infield, just keeping my foot, feet working. Uh, Super Joe's been helping me out a lot, and it's uh, it's really helped my game improve. And I just want to do anything I can, just help the team win and move on from there. Joe McEwing took ground balls at, and fly balls at every single position before every game he played in the big leagues. Has he told you that? Because that is an insane daily preparation that he did. I don't know if he's trying to lean you into that. Super Joe. I mean, the name says it. Uh, I actually did not know that. It's a good fact to know. Yeah, Super Joe is exactly right. Let's underline the super here. So do you feel like you're ready right now, Andrew? Would you say that? Um, I mean, coming into spring, I've, I just kind of came in with an open mind, and I just put my head down, and all I want to do is play. So, I mean, that's the goal from here on out is just play as hard as I can, give everything I got, and just do that and see how the cards play out for me. Right. But when you, as you, you know, and it's spring, so, you know, it's not the middle of the season. You've gone through ups and downs, and now you've righted yourself. But just to see the success you're having, that's got to give you some confidence. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just trying to prove myself that I can do it and prove to everybody else that I got a shot at this and just doing my best every single time I go out on that field. Okay. What's up with the number 94? I don't know if that's that 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 number is not that doesn't work for me, Andrew. Does it work for you? <laughs> hey, it's a jersey. I could care less what the number is. I'm out there playing. <laughs> That's that's a that's a very level-headed way of looking at it. Uh, let's do a little bit of your stuff off the field here. I, I'm I'm creeping on you. It makes me uncomfortable. But I notice your Twitter. You've got one thousand two hundred and forty-four followers. Instagram. You've got a little bit over eight thousand. Now that ratio is a little bit out of whack. You, I think you need more on your Twitter. You need to be more active over there. What do you, what do you say? Does that bother you, 1,244 on the Twitter to 8,057 Instagram? <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all, truly. I mean, I, I could really care less. I mean, I just want to ha- let my followers know some good things going on in my life. And I guess Instagram's mostly, it's pretty simple. It's either a baseball picture or a fishing picture. Or Ginger the dog. Who's Ginger the oh. dog? Yeah. Oh yeah, Ginger. Is that is that, that sweet girl? Does that weird you out that I know that your dog's name is Ginger and I've looked at a picture of Ginger the dog? I feel a little uncomfortable here, Andrew. Hey, you've done your research. No, <laughs> she's a great pup. <laughs> yeah, she looks like a great pup. What what was your best uh, fishing moment of the off season? We last time we had you on White Sox Weekly when you got drafted, you you definitely teed that up as a major passion. Yeah, for sure. Um, shoot, best day on the river this year. Um. Well, me and my buddies went up and floated the Eel River, and I think we all caught one fish, and it was just a pretty good day all around. Okay. You learn any new new skills? Are you trying to get better there, too, or you got that one down? Oh, I got to get way better. You can ask my buddies. I got to stop catching the bottom. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know if I know. I have to learn more of my fishing technology here. I'm not even sure what that means. That means that you, 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 you cast it too 
far out there, or what does that mean exactly, catching the bottom? You know, I was getting unlucky. We were fishing with the bobber, and I was still snagging on on the rocks on the bottom. So I just had my whole game plan off. Okay, okay. All right. Let me, let me get back on the field here. I read that uh, James McCann is kind of taking you under his wing a little bit. Is that accurate? Yeah, he's definitely been a guy that I can talk to as being a young guy, and he's just been really cool. I mean, along with all the other guys in the clubhouse, all the veterans, Abreu, Keiko. Shoot, yeah, everybody top to bottom. Gio Gonzalez, just everybody. Yeah, what's everybody this, in here has been cool. Yeah, what's this camp like? I, I mean, everything I read, it's almost feels like a collegiate atmosphere over there. Yeah, everybody's here and they want to win. Yeah. Does Tim talk to you at all? Yeah, Timmy does a little bit. He'll say hi, and he he's 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 a quieter guy. Um, and I mean, that's who he is, and he. He'll come out of his shell every once in a while and talk, but he just does his thing. He's very professional about it. Are you putting your personality out into the room, or are you kind of just staying quiet? I mean, I'll talk when I when I when I want to talk and when I when I see fit. But yeah, I'm, I just like to stay to myself. That's how I've always been. I'm a quiet guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw something where you also said you know you're learning about quote going about your business in the right way and being a professional. What what does that mean to you? Yeah, to me, it just means doing the right things, being in the right places, and just knowing knowing how to be there, I guess. Be where your feet are. Just watching the older guys do it, the veterans, and just how they go about their business, how they get their work in, just everything from top to bottom, just kind of seeing how they do it and just trying to get into the right rhythm and the right flow. Yeah, White Sox draft pick number three overall, Andrew Vaughn with us here, working his way to the big leagues on 720 WGN. Did you see what your manager said about you? Um, I did not. Let me read you this quote, Andrew. Don't now, don't, don't, I don't know, I feel like I'm, this, this could be a little bit, uh, could boost the ego. Quote, his approach is fantastic. He has a really good idea of what he wants to do. He can take it at bat, zone in, his physical approach is really simple. It's clean. It's quick. There's not a whole lot of moving parts. He really understands what his body is capable of doing. He can get to a pitch pretty quickly, but it's consistent. No panic, end quote. That's a nice compliment from your manager right there. Yeah, it's, it's really humbling to hear that from Ricky. And I mean, he's a phenomenal manager, one of the one of the best people I've met around. Uh, the guy's genuine, and he he's really just one of those guys you want to play for one of those guys you want to get behind and follow his message and and do the thing do you does it feel natural for you at the plate right now like you just say hey i've been doing this for a while there's no reason to complicate things yeah 100 percent. just i just want to go out there and be within myself and just do what i know i can do on the field and and in the box and don't try to do anything more than I can. Yeah. So has Rick Hahn called you up and talked long-term extension? I mean, everyone's getting here one. Everyone's getting one here, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not yet, right? No. But it's kind of cool, right, that you got all these guys that are around you that are signed up and are going to be here. On some level, though, you kind of maybe have to think about, well, where do I fit into all of this? Because there's a lot of talent out there. Yeah, there is, and it's it's really cool to see our team, the core of the team, getting locked down, and it's going to be a great organization to be in for a long time. Okay. Hey, do you have any idea where you'll start this year? Have they told you anything? I haven't heard a thing. Okay, okay. Wherever it is, you're happy to be there, and you're going to move forward, correct? That's exactly right. Yeah. Hey, Andrew, 
it's been fun watching you so far, and I think I, I through this interview, I just got sold on the number 94. Any jersey, <laughs> White Sox on the front, you're good. I, I, I think as a White Sox weekly host, I should be good with that too. So I'm, I'm on board with 94. Thanks for the time, man. Congrats on the fishing success. Congrats on, on Ginger and uh, continued success on the field. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That is the White Sox. Number three overall draft pick, Andrew Vaughn at 720 WGN. Receive the ultimate all-inclusive experience with a premium season ticket package. You can take advantage of the flexible payment plans and our ticket exchange program with all-inclusive packages starting at just 20 games. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. Called up Andy Mazer today, said, would you jump on the show? He didn't like me using the word jump, so I figured we'd play jump for him from the Pointer Sisters. You like that, Andy? Why not the Van Halen? How about the Van Halen version or a little House of Pain, a little jump around? Well, with Van Halen, that's like too cub-like, right? That's 1980. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, good so, point. So, But I jump around was, I thought about jump around. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good one. Where, where are we getting you, Andy Mazer? Are, are you in an airport? Are you uh, taking batting practice? What's going on? No, I'm uh, watching a Padre, uh, Padres White Sox game here in uh, beautiful Peoria, Arizona right now. and uh, It's been all good news so far. Ronaldo Lopez went four and a third innings, no hits, uh, no runs, that is, four hits. Uh, no walks, five strikeouts. So he looks like he's uh, rounding into uh, the end of spring training uh, form. Who, who has impressed you the most so far as you've been down there now for a couple of weeks? You know, I've been asked that question a few times, and it's, it's kind of hard to it's, it's kind of just pinpoint one or two guys. I mean, it's been uh, a lot of the younger guys. I mean, you get to watch uh, Andrew Vaughn from time to time take, uh, take uh, swings in the, in the live games and the A games as well. And this guy uh, looks every bit as advertised. Yeah, he's still young and only uh, nine or ten months removed from, from being on a college uh, baseball campus. But he looks the part and the guy doesn't really look phased or flustered or anything like that so uh he's been one of those guys that i'd really like to see here so far uh here in the spring you know and you look at some of the pitching staff uh, you know dylan cease for sure uh has stood out he's uh, made a couple of really good outings and uh is scheduled to uh, have another one uh, coming up tomorrow we'll have that game for you we just had andrew vaughn on andy and i asked him about playing other positions and he mentioned he's been working with joe McEwing, super joe uh, do you see him having positional flexibility, uh, watching him up close? Is that possible? You know, it's possible. I mean, he doesn't look like a prototypical first baseman by any stretch. I mean, he's not a tall or a, a lanky kind of guy. But, uh, you know, I, I think that he plays the position pretty well. His footwork is pretty darn good over there at first base from uh, the, the infield practices that I've seen uh, on the backfield during, during my time out here. You know, I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I know that the organization would like to make it as simple on him as possible just to kind of keep him in one spot for a change. But, you know, I don't think it will affect his hitting. Let's put it that way. If he plays first base, if he plays third base, uh, if he plays the outfield. I mean, I don't know if he's got the, 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 the quicks to play the outfield at this point. But, uh, you know, you never know with a guy like this. I mean, he's got the bat. That's all I know. They're going to find a position for him no matter what. Right. I mean, because you see how he's – look, Rick Hahn was on with you and, and DJ, and he's singing his praises. Ricky's talking about his – plate appearance and so when a guy's going that well you want to get him a b's right so at some point maybe you got to get creative uh michael kopech going on tuesday i guess he's going to make three spring training starts what, what have you seen from kopech 
Well, you know, we've only seen him in the, in the backfield games and, and live batting practice, but uh, from talking to him today, we uh, spent a little time with him today, uh, he was, uh, he's feeling really good. I mean, he's had uh, pretty much a full spring. It's just been, you know, they've been kind of working him through things slowly. They haven't uh, allowed him to get a little bit ahead of himself to kind of kept him on that pace. And, you know, he's kind of appreciated that, I think, because he looks all smiles right now and the, and the culmination of a lot of hard work. Uh, and him coming back from Tommy John surgery is going to be realized for him on Tuesday. He admits he's going to be a little amped, but uh, he's worked on really controlling his emotions. He's working on other pitches. He thinks the slider might be uh, the pitch that's come back for him the best uh, other than his fastball. But he does not want to be a guy that just goes out there and throws fastballs and tries to challenge major league hitters. He loves the fact that he's got it in his back pocket if he needs it. But the biggest thing that he's talked about in learning from the experience he's had uh, early on in his career here, the first uh, first big league taste you know, a couple of years ago, was that he needs to be a pitcher, not a thrower. And I think that's uh, something that every once in a while, you know, it takes the younger pitcher a little while for that light to go on. And I think the light went on for him. Andy Mazur, in, uh, are you, is it in Glendale today? I'm, I'm pulling up the scoreboard right now. I'm, I'm, I'm in Peoria today. Oh. Yeah, There's a split squad today. They're playing the, the Royals. Uh, at Camelback, and they're, they're playing the Padres out here in Peoria today. Okay, so if you want to jump in any play-by-play at any moment here, we are the broadcast rights for the Sox, so I, I feel like there's action going on. I keep hearing things. <laughs> you're, you're, you're welcome. Yeah, we're, uh, right now we're in the bottom of the sixth inning, 4 nothing White Sox. One, uh, two outs, bases are empty here. It's a one out count on Eric Hosmer, hey. an overpaid first baseman for the Padres. <laughs> that he is, and a World Series champion with the Kansas City Royals. The other game, the Sox are leading the Royals 4-1 uh, in the middle of the sixth. DJ teed up with Rick the other day about Tim Anderson becoming a gold glover at short. And last year, he led in the dubious category of errors, which you don't want. Obviously, he also won a batting title, so he had a pretty damn good year. What are you seeing from Tim so far out at shortstop? You know, he's had some uh, some plays that have been very good. He's had some plays that uh, you know, you've seen that he's made in the past, but it hasn't made here. And, you know, it's a work in progress. And I really believe that uh, that left side of the infield, the defense – uh, it needs to be shored up on both the, the uh, Mankata and also Anderson's part. They both fully admit to that. And, you know, Anderson works hard in the, uh, the backfields and also during these games. And uh, uh, when you get out there, uh, you know, he's trying to replicate game situations, of course, within the, the framework of an A game out here. Uh, sometimes I think he gets a little sped up and a little bit ahead of himself. But, uh, you know, I really believe that, that he has this attitude that he is going to be a – an all-around great player, and that just means playing offense and, and also uh, fielding his position at shortstop. You know, he still has some, some holes, but he's aware of that. I think Super Joe McEwing is aware of that. I think the, the, the whole organization knows that this is a guy with a world of talent. It's just going to take some work, and it's going to take a little hard work on his part, and uh, he is not shy to, to go ahead and do that. Yeah, and I mean, every time I go out to guarantee rate field, it seems like Tim Anderson is taking ground balls, and it's 3.30 in the afternoon, and it's a you know 7 o'clock game. He's, he's working on it. Um, I, I, maybe it's making, doing simple better if we invoke Joe Madden now with the Angels. I don't know. Um, but there, there definitely is a next level for him to get to there. Uh, Andy, before you go... I, I don't want to put a ton of pressure on you right now, but uh, what's today? Today, March the eighth. Give me how many wins are the White Sox going to have this year? You know, I'm looking at that. It's funny because I, I was just thinking about that uh, a couple of days ago. We were talking about it amongst the uh, the media members that we uh, gather in our little bullpen area before we are able to go into the uh, the clubhouse. And you know, I, I wouldn't, I would not be surprised if the win total is somewhere between 82 and 84. Uh, I, I get that feeling because the 
I like what I see from the pitching staff, and this this team is going to hit a lot more than it did last year. And I really believe that they're going to score more runs. I think they're going to uh, walk more. And it's, it's just like a process of having some guys on this team now that have that reputation in their big league careers to be able to do that kind of thing. And hey, it, it's only great. It's only good for this club when there's men on base with other guys coming to bat. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 82 to 84. Okay, so a little tempered. I thought you were going to say 100 wins. Uh, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not like that. I mean, you got to be realistic in just the fact that, you know, the way that this thing has kind of progressed. You know, it was 10 games better from from 18 to 19, but I, I really feel like they've they've done a lot more this offseason to, to really make that total a little bit higher. I mean, uh, there's still a couple of teams in this division that, you should win the bulk of the games against, and that's, of course, the, the Royals and the, and the Tigers. You know, the Twins, to me, still are the, the best team in this division. You know, and the Indians are kind of a, a wild card. I mean, they've lost some players. They've, they've lost Corey Kluber. Clevenger's down for a little while now and uh, hasn't really had a spring training to, to speak of. And who knows how long they'll actually hold on to Francisco Lindor. I mean, there's, there's, there's still a lot of uh, speculation that they won't at, at the end of the day. So I just think it's kind of a process and a base based on – uh, what I see from this new newly created roster and what I see from this division going forward. Andy Mazer joining us from Mazer House in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> good, to talk, good to talk to you, sir, and uh, enjoy your time. We, we miss you back in Chicago, but if I were you, I would never leave Arizona until at least March 26th. <laughs> Happy to jump on with you. Thank you for jumping on. We'll see you, brother. You got it. Oh, here it is. Thanks, Curtis. <laughs> so you never know how to say it in these worlds. Jump on. Will you come on? Can you join me? I went with the jump on. Hey, stay up to date on all things White Sox by signing up for the free White Sox blacklist. Get breaking news, prospect updates, special ticket offers, and more delivered right to your inbox. Visit WhiteSox.com slash blacklist to sign up today. We'll wrap up White Sox Weekly next, 720 WGN.